welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 8. And as you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Father, we're asking for the remaining time of this service that you would open our eyes, supernaturally speak to us, answer questions that we've had, solve problems that this world has no cure for, strengthen us with might by your spirit, help us to hear everything you want us to hear tonight, and may everything you want said come forth with confidence and boldness. We purpose to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And we will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the book of Luke, chapter 8. And I hope you're all staying up with your Bible chapter reading Monday through Friday. Luke chapter 8. And we do have bookmarks on that in the uh, connection room. If you want to follow along or online, you can find it as well. In Luke chapter 8, I want to notice here verse 13. Jesus said, they, people that have heard God's word, on the rock are they which when they hear, and he's talking about hearing preaching like we're hearing tonight, when they hear the word of God, they receive the word with joy, which is great. And these people have no root. Their Christianity was kind of a surface thing. It wasn't deep. There were deeper things in their life than the Word of God. There were more important things in their life than the Word of God. And it was like seed falling on rocks. And it said, these people have no root, just like a plant has no root, because there's all these bigger rocks in their life. And it says, for a while, these people who went to church and heard the Word, for a while, they believed. That's a big problem. They believed only for a while. Then it says, because in time of temptation, they fell away. So the word wasn't in them enough to help them overcome the temptation. They didn't open up enough. They, they didn't let it get deep enough. There were other things in their life that were more important than church, the word, the things of God. And when times of temptation came in, they didn't make it. They fell away. They gave up on God. They said, this church stuff doesn't work. Tithing doesn't work. Faith doesn't work. Prayer doesn't work. On the contrary, it works great for people who don't fall away. And I think a misnomer in Christianity is you get saved and everything is hunky-dory. Everything is beautiful, blue skies, no tests, no temptation, no trials. I'm a child of God. Everything is wonderful. On the contrary, there's still a devil. There's still demons. You still have free will. You still live in a fallen world until you get to heaven. And there's opportunities and crazy stuff, opportunities to be hit, to be hurt all around us. And the big deal is making sure that the words you heard is the biggest thing in your life. So when that temptation does come, you can overcome it. 
And so we're talking about staying in faith when tough times come. In meetings like this, it's easy to get in faith. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, that was a good word. Man, I feel good. Oh, I love God. Man, I'm going to serve Jesus. Oh, I'm going to work in the church. Oh, I'm going to love people. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give offerings. Great. You're in faith right now. That's awesome. How many of you want to stay in faith? Four days from now. Or six days from now. Or two days from now. How many want to stay in faith so that when the pressure comes, you keep believing you don't fall away and you overcome. I, I know in my life, I came to Jesus a, a couple times in my life. I had terrible experiences with drugs, ended up in the hospital, pumping my stomach many, many, many years ago, decades ago. And I was in the hospital throwing up LSD and had all these hallucinations. Things were just terrible. The devil's trying to kill me. Just really weird stuff. I, it's just bad. And um, I cried out to Jesus to save me. And oh, thank the Lord, he met me in St. Mary's Hospital and he saved me from an overdose. Just boom, almost immediately. Came down, didn't see hallucinations anymore. I was saved. I mean, he saved me. Well, I did pretty good for a while. See, this, see those words up there in that, that 13th verse? For a while they believed. You can go ahead and put Luke back up there again. Thank you for that graphic, though, too. That was great. Luke uh, 8, 8.13. It said, for a while. They said, I was fine for a while. But there were still some things in my life that was crowding out the word. And guess what happened? I fell away. Just like it says in the verse day, I fell away, got back in the drugs, got back in the partying. And I again did some of the similar drug, not the exact same drug, similar drug, terrible experience, liked to die. It was awful. Guess what I did? Cried out to Jesus. And guess what he did? He saved me. But I still didn't have any roots in my life. You know why? Because I didn't make a lifestyle change. Well, actually, I should go even deeper. I didn't make a heart change to the point where I would make lifestyle changes because I needed to get to the place where I never would go back to that lifestyle ever again because I probably would have died if I would, wouldn't have got out. So one day I realized I had to go beyond crying out to Jesus as my Savior. I had to also make him the Lord of my life and make sure these roots go deeper than anything. And I did. And from that day forward, I haven't fallen away and I never will fall away by his grace and mercy. So um, we don't want to just get in faith. Now, let's take it to prayer, for instance. Let's say you pray a prayer. You ask God for healing. You ask God for deliverance. You ask God for strength or wisdom or peace or joy or whatever. You're asking God for help or you're claiming a scripture. You're praying. You're believing God. Well, you get in faith, right? But then you have to stay in faith or you will delay, if not stop, that prayer from coming to pass. So let me read you just a couple things with that in mind. Many people do great during a prayer. But after they say amen, after they go their way, they don't see an immediate change, 
they start talking like they used to talk before they prayed that prayer. They start thinking lack like they used to think before they prayed that prayer. They start, they go back to thinking sickness like they used to think. They go back to thinking all the problems. You see, I don't think the devil's too concerned about us praying really good prayers. What he's concerned about is us staying in faith that God heard me. The answer's on the way. I'm, I can't be denied. God's not going to break his covenant. He's not lying to me. Staying in that attitude until the blessing shows up is where the challenge comes in. And it's really what separates the men from the boys. Anybody can pray a good prayer. It takes some endurance to stay in faith until that prayer manifests. And this is where living for God every day comes in. Can I get a witness? You know, living for God every day is not just a Christian duty. It's life-saving. It keeps you in faith so good things can happen and bad things can leave your life and the power of God can manifest. And so with that in mind, let me say this again. Many good prayers, listen closely, many good prayers are being nullified by unconscious confessions and attitudes that are not in line with prayer being answered. I have to say that again. Many good prayers are being nullified by unconscious confessions and attitudes that are not in line with prayers being answered. After you're done praying, you have to make sure your words and your attitude are in line with that prayer being answered. In other words, talk like your answer's on the way. Just like you talk like something you order from Amazon is on the way or wherever. Talk like it's on the way. Oh, yeah, I got one of those coming. Yeah, I got that. Well, are you, you sure? You sure you don't need to order again? No, I don't need to order it again. I already ordered it. Well, where is it? Well, it's on the way. You wouldn't even think about ordering it again. Why do we think about praying again for the same thing? When we already prayed once and had scriptures for it. Well, let me say it again. Many good prayers are being nullified by unconscious confessions of, and attitudes that are not in line with prayer being answered. Everybody say unconscious. You have to be really keen to not slip from faith back to reason. Many believers are aborting their own victory and they don't know it by how they're talking and how they're acting after they prayed their prayer. We, we've been saying on Wednesday night prayer when we used to have prayer on Wednesday night, We've been saying a lot to the people after prayer meeting. Okay, now the prayer meeting's over. We just prayed for our president. We prayed for our government. We prayed for this. We prayed for that. Now that the prayer meeting's over, let's don't abort our good prayers. Let's talk like our prayers are working. You know, your words can destroy good prayers. Bad words, talking like your prayers weren't heard. You can actually abort your own good prayer. Now, here's an interesting thought. I want you to think about this. Be cautious to not slip back into the same way of thinking that you had before you prayed. Because you're probably thinking, I'm going to get this healing. I'm going to get this deliverance. I'm going to get this victory. I'm going to get this prosperity. I'm going to get this increase. And so you pray your prayer and you believe God heard you and you believe you got it. Watch out about slipping back after you pray that prayer into thinking like you used to think before you prayed. 
Because before you prayed, it was, I'm going to get this. God's going to help me get this. After you prayed, it shouldn't be that anymore. It should be, thank God he heard me. Thank God the answer's on the way. Thank God he did get it for me. I found scripture for it. The Lord provided. I claim it. It's mine. You have to watch out about reverting to previous ways of thinking before you prayed, after you pray. Again, just take it to like ordering something in the natural. So let's say you're thinking about buying a new couch. Okay, that's cool. You go on Wayfair or whatever. Find this really cool couch. And oh, I'm, okay, they've got that one there. Okay, so I'm going to order this and pay for it. And then after you pay for it, is your thinking different? If you order a couch, let's say you want a couch really, really bad. You found this beautiful couch, orange. <laughs> Our orange velvet couch, oh, your favorite, right? But let's say you find your orange velvet couch. You pay for it, you order it, you click, and it says, uh, order successful. Is your thinking different now about getting a couch after you ordered it than it was before? What was it like before? I really want this. I think I want to get it. I'm going to get it. What, should you, what is your thinking like after you order it? It better not be, oh, I'd really like one of those. I think I'd want one. Gee, I sure wish I should get one. Maybe I should order one. Already did it. Your thinking is different. It needs to be the same thing with prayer. When you pray for something, you have scriptures that promise you, whether it's you know, healing, deliverance, prosperity, peace of mind, joy, victory over habit, a relationship restored, whatever. When, if you've got scripture for it, you have a right to claim it and pray it. After you're done praying, your thinking needs to be different about that thing. Your words need to be different about that thing. And your attitude needs to be different about that thing. Okay, that's good preaching. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35. We're admonished here, cast not away therefore your confidence. Stay confident. God didn't lie. Stay confident. Even if your prayer hasn't showed up yet, stay confident. It's on the way. Stay confident. God didn't lie. Stay confident. The Bible's true. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Now, why would he tell you, stay confident about what God told you? Stay confident about your prayer being answered. Stay confident. Why would he, why would he tell you to stay confident? Because you are going to be severely tempted to cast your confidence away because things haven't changed immediately in the natural because the devil's lying to you and says you're never going to get it. You have to, why, why take up Holy Scripture and say don't cast away your confidence unless you're going to be tempted severely to cast away your confidence. You wouldn't take up Holy Scripture to say cast not away your confidence if it wasn't some serious opposition coming against your faith and your confidence. Faith, confidence, similar terms. So cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. It's going to pay off. And did you know, did you know the last half hour of your faith is the most important? Probably when the warfare is the most intense because the devil knows you're only a half hour away from a miracle of God showing up in your body or your finances or your marriage or your life. And he's trying his best because he knows, you, he knows he's been around long enough. If people stay in faith, they're going to get their promise. 
And when he sees people staying in faith, I believe he just tries to put the pressure on more and more and more and more, especially that last half hour of your faith. That's when you just need to kick back, relax, enter into rest and say, ha, 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 devil, I'll never not believe. I'll never not believe. Next verse. For you have need of patience. Okay, here's the, here's the word again. You ready? It's one thing to get confident. It's another thing to endure adverse circumstances and stay confident until the reward can show up, until the blessing can manifest. So really, this verse is telling us what we really need if we're in faith. If you're in faith, you need endurance because the word patience in the original is endurance. What do we need? I need my healing. I need my prosperity. I need my peace of mind. This scripture says you need endurance to stay in faith that those things you thinking you still need, you don't need them if you prayed for them. You order a washing machine. I need a washing machine. I thought you ordered one. I know, but I sure need one. Well, didn't you order one? Yeah, but I sure need one. No, you don't even talk like that in the natural. Why would we talk like that with God? If you believe God for something and you claim that need met, you don't need it anymore. You're expecting something to come your way that's already yours. Paid for by the blood of Jesus. Something you found in the catalog, right? You have a right to it. It's paid for. There's three things you have to be on guard for when you make a stand in faith. When you pray for something and you believe in God, you have to watch out about your attitude drifting into what it used to be before prayer. You got to watch out about your words drifting into what you used to talk before that prayer. And you got to watch out about your thoughts drifting and just how you live your life. When, you, when we pray for something, we need to believe God that God heard us and this answer is on the way. And we shouldn't be surprised when the miracle shows up. You might be surprised how it happens, but don't be surprised that it happened. Why would we be surprised that God would keep his word? Why would we be surprised that God didn't break his covenant? I like to put it this way. I'm not surprised when I hear people's prayers are answered. When I hear my, when I see my prayers answered, I'm very, very thankful, but I'm not Surprised. Actually, you should be surprised if it didn't happen. And you should do some inquiring, you know, diligent search on the inside. Seek the Lord. Ask questions. Lord, what's up? I know you didn't miss it. Show me what I need to know. Illuminate my brain. Help me to get this thing right. And then expect for his wisdom to help you understand. So in the remaining time, turn to Job chapter 22. Many people do great in faith until the final test. Many people do great in their faith stand, in their confidence level until the final test. Do you know you could be super strong in faith and laying on your back and totally resting physically on your bed by your words and your attitude? Father, thank you that by Jesus' stripes, the covenant says I was healed. 
Hey, let, let, me, let me give you this. I think I've shared this before, but this will really help your faith in God to not, you know, break his word or to not let you down. Every time you say the Bible says, you know, the Bible says by his stripes I was healed. The Bible says my God shall supply all of my need. The Bible says, how about you for a while, just instead of saying the Bible says, why don't you say the covenant says by his stripes I was healed. That's strong. God's in a covenant with you and me and he will not break his end of the covenant. The covenant says his mercy and grace is upon my life. I get good things that I don't deserve. I don't get bad things that I do deserve because his tender mercies are over all his works and I'm one of his works. Sometimes you just got to talk yourself into strong faith. In Job 22, so remaining time, we're going to talk about something this scripture brings out. Job is one of my favorite books. Job 22, and look at verse 28. Thou means you, okay? You, human being, shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. And the light shall shine upon your ways. So tonight, for the remaining time, I want this to get into you. I want to get more in me too. Decree more and see more. I could have said it this way, and it, it, it works, but I like this better for tonight. Say more, see more. And there's all kinds of biblical uh, principles that will reveal this is a, a, a powerful truth in our life, whether we realize it or not. God spoke everything into existence with words and faith. I wonder if children of God have any power in this area. Well, you know they do. Jesus taught his disciples throughout the scriptures about these things. A lot of it was going over their head because they saw themselves as only human. But we're not only human. We're made in the image and likeness of God. We're part human. But if you're a born-again Christian, you're part God. <laughs> you're mostly God and you're, you, know, you still have human faculties and all, but we're not only human. That's why we shouldn't freak out that we can see amazing miracles in our life and, and pray for people and see miracles in their lives. We're not only human. I didn't say we're not human. I said we're not only human. There's a part of us that's human. Well, Job said, you shall decree a thing and it'll be established unto you. If you don't like certain things that are established in your life, don't blame anybody else. Don't even blame the devil. You can decree some things and change it. Other things can be established in your life. And I really like the word decree, even above the word say, because it means you're more serious with your words. Decrees are powerful words that, 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 that decree law. The way things have to be. I looked the word decree up in the Hebrew and it means to cut down. You can cut some stuff down with your words and decree some things because you have authority in Jesus Christ that are not supposed to be in your life. It's an action word. You see, 
words, words were not, we were not given the potential to speak words just to acknowledge all this stuff that's going on around us. We were given the power to speak words to change a lot of the stuff that's going on around us. I mean, and here's a big key to seeing more results. Don't just be serious about your words when you need to change something. Um, like that's a problem in your life, let's say. Don't just, don't just put value on your words when you, you know, when something really important in your life is, is needing help or whatever. I don't know how, I, I think it's been by the sheer mercy of God that we haven't seen more power in our words. Because <laughs> if everything we said came to pass, a lot of us wouldn't even be here right now. The Lord's having mercy on us. He's, 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 He's turning up the power as we can handle it because, I mean, I mean, really, if you got everything you said, where would you be right now? Oh, this headache's killing me. Plop. I mean, we have a loaded gun right under our nose. It can work for you or against you. And this scripture talks about um, decreeing things and those things being established unto you. I already said this. Our words are supposed to be changing things, not just acknowledging things. Question when it comes to prayer. What's more important? The prayer you pray or how you talk afterwards? Well, how you talk afterwards can either support your prayer or it can destroy your prayer. Turn to Proverbs 18. I like the word decree because it shows you're serious about what you're about to say instead of just ah, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to decree something. I'm going to decree right now to this sickness. No more. You will get no worse in my life from this decree forward. No, pastor. Just say, just say 100% healed, 100% healed. Fine. If that's where you're at and if that's what the spirit of God is leading you to do. But listen closely. How many think a little bit of progress is better than no progress? Did you know a lot of little bit betters equal all better eventually? Sometimes people need to ask themselves and believe for where you're really. I've done this many times in my life. Lord, I just pray this thing doesn't get any worse because it sure hurts. Well, you just pray that you're totally healed. Well, if I'm there, I will. But if I'm not there, I'm going to pray for at least for it to stop getting worse. So you really have to ask yourself, what can you really believe for? Not just what you really want, not just what you really desire, not just what you really hope to have. What can you really be fully persuaded and confident will happen if you pray a certain way or say a certain thing? What can you really believe for? Not what do you hope for, not what do you wish for. Where are you really at? Most people can believe this. I can fully believe that from this prayer forward, God's going to see to it. And my words with God's help are going to see to it. This sickness gets no worse from this moment forward. And put your foot down. And if that's where you're really at, guess what? You're going to see real results. And then when you got that taken care of, go to... Let's say it's a week later. You haven't gotten any worse. Praise God. Hasn't gotten any worse. Still hurts, but it hasn't gotten any worse. Then a week, maybe a week or two days later or three days or whatever. And then say, from this day forward, I'm going to get a little better.
And a few days go by. Maybe it's swaying a little worse or whatever. Just stay in faith. Stay in faith. God heard your prayer. He'll sustain you till things change. Don't worry about it. He won't let you down. Just stay in faith. I think, I think the thing that a lot of people need to realize in this area of praying and healing and receiving help from the Lord, listen, there's going to be a faith stand almost almost every time. I mean, there are immediate miracles. We're going to see that and see more of them in these last days. But a lot of times for believers, there's a faith stand. In other words, you pray a prayer, you say a scripture, you rebuke a problem and nothing seems to change. This is where you need to realize God's working when it looks like he's not. The power of God's working when it looks like it's not. Don't think you failed because you don't feel any better after you prayed. Don't think your faith's not working because you don't see a change after you prayed. This is what faith's all about. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Not seeing things while you're believing is normal in the faith life. Underground stuff has to be taken care of first. Things beyond the physical senses sometimes has to take care, be taken care of first. It doesn't mean you prayed a bad prayer because nothing changed immediately. It, it just calmly speak the word. Say, Father, I thank you that you've heard me because your thoughts are going to be, Lord, why didn't you help me? Lord, why didn't you hear me? This is awful. The symptoms are still here. It's been four days. Lord, what's going on? It's been two weeks. Lord, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And the devil will try to tell you, your prayer sucked. That's what he's going to try to tell you. He said, your prayer had no power in it at all. You unworthy worm. You think God's really going to heal you? If, if you were really worthy, if you were really right with God, you would have felt better by now. What do you do at a time like that? You don't fall away. You keep believing. And you keep speaking. Even if it's a whisper because of the pain. God heard me. He didn't lie. I don't have to be perfect. He came to save people just like me. Imperfect people. I have a right to this blessing because of his mercy and grace and I will not stop believing in Jesus' name. Amen. Should I take Tylenol or not? Well, if you have to ask, probably should. It's okay. Tylenol deals with symptoms. Your faith is dealing with the root. Take Tylenol in faith. I tell you, just, just look at that and say, Tylenol, you're going into my body and you're working great with zero side effects. My body will assimilate you and the pain will leave. Right? And then say, I call this Tylenol blessed. I wouldn't put any medicine in my body without praying over it. Personally, I pray, we pray over every food. We pray over snacks. One time we were teaching healing school a few years ago in our church here on Monday afternoon. And the Lord prompted me to tell the people one of the reasons we've enjoyed a lot of divine health in our life is because we pray over every meal and give thanks for everything we put in our mouths. And we say, thank you, Lord, for blessing it. And then we pronounce a blessing on it. We say we rebuke disease. We claim healing. Thank you, Jesus. We do that. I do that over eating a, a, a cookie in the afternoon. And I felt like the Lord told me to tell the healing school class, tell them, son, one of the reasons you live in such good health is because you pray over every meal like Jesus did. <laughs> right. And like um, Paul tells us to in First Timothy. 
It says, all this food is to be is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And it's to be received with thanksgiving. Now, don't let it become a religious thing or a duty thing. Do it because you just, you want to speak the word and keep your body in good shape. Proverbs 18, we've got to wrap it up here. Look at 18 and we're going to read verse 20. Proverbs 18 and verse 20. It says, a man's belly, and that's your life. That's not just your stomach. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. All right. So here he says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. What does that mean? The fruit of your mouth. What's your mouth producing? Words. Right? Your mouth produces sounds and they turn, it's words. Your mouth releases words. Well, this scripture says you're going to be satisfied according to what you're saying. Hear me? See, satisfaction is not somebody else's responsibility when it comes to our lives, it's our responsibility. Satisfaction in our lives. Listen closely because it's real easy to blame other people for your problems and your dissatisfaction and you not being happy. Listen closely. Satisfaction comes from what we do more than anything else. Satisfaction comes from what I do more than what Carla does for me. Satisfaction in my life comes more from what I do than what anybody else does. If you're not satisfied, what should you check up on? Well, what are you, how are you talking? What's your regular routine of words coming out of your mouth? Here's a book, good one. You ready? Don't blame other people for what your mouth can fix. Well, they did this and they did that. Well, you can change it. You can, you can be satisfied with what you say. Learn to speak scriptures. Learn to speak the truth. Learn to be a positive person. Right? And you'll be satisfied. You'll be satisfied with health, prosperity, peace of mind, good relationships. The next verse says, And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So if you want filled with something, what should you do? If, if you want something in your life that's not in your life right now, you want more of something in your life that's not in your life right now, what should you do? Well, find, right, find scriptures that promise you those things and say them regularly. Now, we, we titled this message tonight. It's under the, the, the series... Um, Staying in faith, but we want to title this Decree More and You'll See More. According to the scriptures we've already read tonight, Decree More and You'll See More. Could it really be that easy? Could it really be that easy? Just upping our confessions every day for these things that we've been believing God for. Thank you, Lord. I believe I receive. 
healing. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, I was healed. Thank you, Lord. You've redeemed me from the curse of sickness. Thank you, Lord, for supplying all of my needs. Thank you, Lord, for prospering me. Thank you, Lord, for wealth and riches being in my house because I love you and serve you and obey you with joy. Thank you, Lord. What if we, what if it was that easy? Let's just go ahead and use the word say, because Jesus talked about the final verse we go to will be here in Mark 11. Hurry up and go there. What if it's that easy? Say more and see more. What if staying in faith was just continuing to say the right things instead of the wrong things? What if that's, what if that's really as simple as it really was? And you see your home paid off in a short amount of time, or you see your, your body healed of a disease that they said you can't be healed of. What if, what was, what if it's that easy? Say more, see more. Now we know you got to believe what you're saying is true, but what if, it, what if we had the believing part down to a degree and it's just upping our confession? Sound like God to me. Um, I wonder how many people, now look at the next verse, verse 21, Proverbs 18, 21. It's right after verse 20. Did y'all learn something there? <laughs> 21 comes after 20. Proverbs 18, 21. Solomon said, right after the one we just read, leave, leave this up here. Don't, don't lose, lose this scripture. A man will be satisfied. A man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Next verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. How serious are words? Life or death? How serious are words? Now I wrote something down here and I want to just read it before we go to the next scripture and close. I wonder how many people have died from wrong words that led to development of other problems in their life. This isn't, this isn't applied to everybody. We understand this doesn't apply to everybody. But I wonder, it's an interesting thought, how many people have died, because death is in the power of the tongue, how many people have died from wrong words? When everybody was looking at the natural things, there was something spiritual going on behind the scenes. I wonder how many people have died from wrong words that led to the development of other problems in their life. Interesting thought. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. I think we should speak life to our lives, into our assets, into our things. How many think we should, even if something's going wrong with them, how about instead of cursing them, how about we speak life to them? Instead of you stupid piece of junk and kick your car, how about you say you're a blessed car as long as you're with me? Huh? And this problem is subject to change because it's temporal. Things that are seen are temporal or subject to change. And if it's something bad, if your toaster's messed up, we say, well, I don't believe in talking to things. You talk to things all the time. You slap your toaster and cuss it out. That's talking to things. How about you turn it around? How about you say, this problem is going to be solved. <laughs> right? I'll just go buy a new toaster. Great. But you don't have to curse the old one on its way out either. It can still do you one more good job, right? <laughs> oh. Last scripture, Mark 11. No, I'm sorry. We'll go to James 3. And uh, we, probably won't, we probably won't get to Mark 11. We'll go to James 3. We'll wait till next week for Mark 11. Mar uh, James chapter 3. 
Now, because of this being such a powerful, life-changing truth, the enemies go on get in on your words. Because he knows the power of death is also in your tongue. Right? And I know some people think, well, you know, Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. I know all about that. I know that. Well, let me just say this. If you know all about Mark eleven twenty three, but you still have some problems and bondages in your life, you don't know it. Because if you really knew Mark eleven twenty three and you were really operating in it fully, mountains would have been moved, problems would have been solved. See, the devil wants you to think you know it, but if you still got, if you really knew it, you wouldn't have any bondages in your life. Because Mark eleven twenty three would fix anything in your life, absolutely anything. <laughs> in Mark eleven twenty four, so James chapter three. Let's close with this. I know you want to go another four or five hours, but I got to get home. (laughs) James chapter third. And let's just read verse one and down to about verse six. My brethren, don't be many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or judgment. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or complete and mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. Wow. You can get your tongue under control. You can get your body under control. Here's a real interesting thought. A lot of people's bodies are controlling their tongues when their tongues are supposed to be controlling their bodies. A pain hits them. Ouch. Ouch. And they talk about all this stuff on Facebook, all these problems. No. That's you saying what your body wants you to say. You need to tell your body what's up, not your body tell you what's up. So this scripture says if you get control of your words, you can get control of your whole body, including in the area of sickness and disease. Verse 3, behold, check this out. We put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great. Anybody got any great, ever have any great problems in your life? Big problems, bigger than you. Well, even the ships, which they're so great, driven with fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth, even so the tongue to your life is like the rudder of a big ship. The words you speak determine the direction you go in life. The words you speak determine if you can get through the fierce winds or not. The words you speak are like a steering wheel of a car. Are you listening? The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body. What can hurt your body? Your tongue, your words. And it sets on fire the course of nature. And it, talking about the tongue, is set on fire of hell. Say this, the devil wants my tongue and I'm not going to let him have it. Why would it be? Why would hell be after your tongue? Because the only way the devil can hurt you and me is if we loan him our God-given ability to speak life or death. Don't lend your tongue to the devil. That's the only way he can hurt you. 
Let me put it this way. It's one of the main ways he can hurt you. Don't, don't lend him your thoughts either. But, what, but the cool thing about your tongue is your, what you're saying can override your thoughts. You can have terrible thoughts and start speaking something totally good and change your thoughts. Don't ever say, I can't control my thoughts. If you can talk, you can control your thoughts. So don't let the enemy get your tongue. Right? And you won't be your own worst enemy. <laughs> Amen. All right, so I, I told you last week that you might want to jot down the, saying, the staying in faith checklist, daily checklist, those seven things we talked about last week right here. And so here's mine right here. It's, it's on the archive. You can go listen to it and you can type it out yourself. But I'm going to have this laminated and look at it every day. I believe the Lord gave this to our church. Staying in faith checklist, seven things to do, look at it and do every morning and put your, program yourself to make, have on your mind. If you don't have this and you don't have time to go to the archive, um, I, would, I would say go to the website, faithheights.org. Go to the resources tab and then go down and click on scriptures and confessions. I put it on there for you. Okay, it's in a PDF on there so you can print it out and do whatever you want. But this is your little... Uh, Actually, it's very similar to Brother Hagen's Seven Steps to Answered Prayer, but I, I wasn't even really thinking about that when I did this. It's a little different. I believe it's catered just for our church, but it will really help you to stay in faith if you look at this every morning. How long would it take to read that? 30 seconds? Anyway, that's for you. It's free, of course. It's online. Let's stand up, church. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 